Welcome to Writers on Craft. I'm Suzanne Legrand, and today I'm speaking with critically acclaimed, internationally best-selling Irish author Anne Enright. How did you start writing? With a pen and a piece of paper, and I wrote a story, and there it was. And it was a kind of fragment. It wasn't a realistic short story. And after that, I tried very hard to write a proper short story, beginning, middle and end, third person, omniscient narrator about what happened. And I wrote some very bad stories that I didn't like at all. So it took me maybe, I don't know how many years it took me to figure out that I wasn't a proper writer and never would be a proper writer. I would never be George Eliot. I would never be Jane Austen. And in fact, I wasn't, although I was drawn to these writers, I wasn't excited by these writers. I would be excited by Grace Paley, for example, who has fragmented, small narratives, absolutely grounded in the voices of, I think it's Brooklyn, where she came from. Beautiful pieces. And once I realised that I could write in the first person as much as I liked, and I didn't have to have plots, you know, clunk, clunk, things happen, and then that other thing happens. I don't, I don't believe life is like that, you see. I don't believe we know what causes us to end up where we are. So once I, I realised I was a modern writer, I was free. I got a typewriter for my 21st birthday uh, from my family, and I clacked away on that. Could you talk Working. a little bit about writing for the theatre? And then later you also wrote for television. How did those two forms influence you as a writer, do you think? If you look at the dialogue of someone like David Mamet or Carol Churchill, I mean, it, it feels highly realistic. But in fact, it's hyper real. It's quite mannered what they're doing. So that was a kind of good thing to know about. And then I worked in television. I produced and directed a really hectic show it went out live three nights a week and it was very fast everything happened for three and a half minutes so three and a half minutes I, I I could I could do three and a half minutes in my sleep I would know what three and a half minutes was I wrote short stories then oh at the weekends because I, I was so I didn't have time they were short works they fit a weekend <laughs> so I could go back to them the next weekend and, 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 and work on them again and without losing them in my head. Now, you started writing full-time in... 1993. Did having more time allow you to write a longer form? Yes, I wanted to write a novel, but I didn't really understand what a novel was. And I had a really tough time, I think, in retrospect, for those early years after I'd given up the day job and I was starving in my garret and still not knowing what I was doing, really. And so from 1993 to 2000, I wrote maybe two books, which is not very much. And I had so much time in my day and I had nothing else to do except, I suppose, panic about money and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, then I had kids. So in 2000, um, my daughter was born and I thought I would never write again. But it really focused my mind. <laughs> I wrote like crazy for the next 10 years. I wrote every holiday. I wrote every day until last June. As I am now, is the first time in 10 years that I haven't got something on the go. It was really funny because children are supposed to, to wreck your writing life. But they did two things for me. They, I didn't care about what the world said anymore. All my kind of grandiosity and anxiety, which uh, which writers have both, went into the children. 
look at what I did. <laughs> look what I made. So I, I made all those big emotions and those tiny anxieties, which are both not very useful at the desk, but part of the, the emotional life of the desk, at which I am now an expert. Anyway, a lot of them went into rearing the kids. So I just, baby sleeps, my types. And, and I would type really fast because the baby was going to wake up. And sometimes, you know, they sleep for three hours. So I get so much done because I had no time. Well, you also did study creative writing. Yes. What did you, what did you learn from your teachers? I learned absolutely nothing from my teachers. <laughs> Here's the structure, you know, denouement, climax, you know, blah, blah, blah. They weren't those kind of teachers, thank goodness. I had I'm, the wonderful Angela Carter for the spring term semester as you say uh, I think I met her six times and she said oh well all this is fine that's what she said about my work and then she asked me about my life and she talked to me as though I were already a writer and by treating me as though I were already a writer in no need of tuition whatsoever I somehow became one there sitting in front of her what that the, the that creative writing course did was the students criti critiqued each other's work and the teachers kept everyone from killing each other so that was the function. It was a nice bunch of people. But at the end of that year, I had worked hard and had a complete, complete failure of a, of a book to bring home with me. Um, and Why was it a failure? It was hugely overambitious. It was set in three different time scales. It was... It was huge. And it was set in, 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 in one, one middle section was going to be in a parody, a pastiche of 18th century stage comedy I mean I want to weep just talking about it yeah I mean they probably should have said listen dear <laughs> but but nobody knew whether I would be able who knew it could have been a great masterpiece and I think writing is like a little like yoga no one else can do it for you right it is it happens in the practice and what the teacher does is nudge you a little this way or that way to me writing is almost a physical process that almost happens on a cellular level. It's like no one else can do it for you. And people can tell you until they're blue in the face, oh, no, 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 300,000 words is too long. But if that's your book, that's what it's going to be, you know. Were the two novels or the three novels and this ambitious novel that you worked on, were those necessary to get to the novels that you finally did complete? When I say I am an expert now in the emotional life of the desk, what that failure taught me is every book falls apart. So if I have a writer friend who rings up and says, my book's falling apart, I'm just, a, I'm like, yeah, you know, it rains. <laughs> what do you, that's what happens. That's what writing a book involves. And so I have much more grit now than I had before. I, I regard these storms I, I keep a weather eye, you know, on, on the creative storms that happen. I mean, the odd thing is that what your emotions bring you to the desk, your emotions shape the work, but they're not all useful. They're not the final. The final thing are the words on the page. Some writers always feel their, their books are terrible and they're not. Some writers think their books are great and they're not. It doesn't matter what you feel about the thing. So how do you gain perspective? I mean, some people do it through getting feedback. Um, in your case, how, how does it work? How do you know when 
you have something that is that is good to you? Well, I work on the level of the sentence, perhaps too much, actually, on the level of the sentence. And I know a sentence when it's doing the right thing. I can feel it in my waters. <laughs> I just, you know, so it gives me pleasure. So that's my test, really. If it doesn't please me, then it must be wrong. So what is the most enjoyable part about writing for you? I asked my husband, I said, do I enjoy writing? People are always asking, do I enjoy writing? He said, yeah, yeah, you do. (laughs) I mean, I'm very poor company when I'm not writing. It fixes me for the world somehow. Fixes you for the world. Yeah. So that you're able to do the rest of your life. Yeah. What do you know now about craft of writing that you didn't know when you started? I have a tendency to push away research. If I have something that needs to be accurate, I will try and get it accurate now at the very beginning without worrying that it's going to ruin my the impulse of it. You know, so the character Evie in The Forgotten Waltz has a childhood epilepsy. So I picked up the damn phone and I rang somebody who knew about childhood epilepsy. Just get it right from the beginning. That will give you and it, that gives you a break basically later on. I'm Suzanne Legrand and today I've been talking with Anne Enright. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For program notes or to listen to a podcast of this show, go to kbu.fm online or visit our website at www.writersoncraft.com.